0: You can find the Vintage Vaults podcast, along with a number of other excellent retro-themed podcasts, at the Throwback Network, at throwbacknetwork.net. <music> Alright, welcome to this episode of Vintage Volts, uh, with me I have Mike Whalen, and we're going to do something, um, I guess a little um, out of sorts, we're just going to peruse a couple of Radio Shack catalogs from two different eras, and discuss thoughts, feelings, uh, some of the gimmicks of the of the time, uh, what was fun, what was not fun, it's just an open-ended discussion, so... Um, We'll say hi here to uh, Mike Whalen. How you doing, hey. Mike? Hey, how are you? Uh, tired. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's day... all you need to say. Yeah. Oh, I was I was going through a bunch of stuff I have. I I'm going to that uh, Vintage Computer Fest this weekend. I oh
1: haven't... yeah, that's right. You're in. You're in driving distance with that. Oh. Oh. Yeah, yes, I am. I uh, never. I never ever ever have been so envious of people who can fly without a care in the world. Well, I'm not, not, not a big me.
0: flyer myself, so that's yeah, why but I you're there. So. I don't go to the other VCFs in the southeast or whatever right. because I don't feel like driving that far. But yeah, my first time there, plus at the same time I volunteered to exhibit a uh, full, fully expanded TI-99 with expansion box. And oh, yeah. I've been spending yeah. time getting all that together, and I have some stuff stored away. I was going through today finding um, my other TI. 99 expansion boxes. I'm hoping to get two full systems running there so people can share. And it was just, you know, very tiring. But I'm almost there. You know, it's this weekend. Nothing like those 11th hour changes and updates and trying to get something working. But I'm still looking forward to the weekend, even though I won't be attending too many of the lectures, except one. Um, Dave Haney's going to be there, and he was Mm -hmm. the engineer in charge of the Amiga uh, yep. 2000 series, and I'm going to take the front cover of my MEGA 2000 over there and get him to sign it. That's hopefully, cool. Hopefully, he will. Uh,
1: I I don't know anything about him. He could be mean and and I, I rip hear it he's... from your hands and throw yeah. it at you. <laughs> Maybe then I I'll just have to you, operate no wire hangers ever. That's right. Um, well, if you ever bring your bring if you bring your TI down here to Houston, we can bring it to the Texas Instruments building that that is on my route to work and maybe they'll sign it. I I don't know if they would look at it and go,
0: "What's this?" <laughs> they'll try to disavow all knowledge of it. Yeah, we I took know a, nothing. <laughs> We took a 100 million dollar hit back in the early 80s, you know, for that thing. Yeah, we're not going to re- recognize it anymore. Hey, business is war. Uh, bring a calculator, that's a
1: different story. Yeah. Well, I'm just referring to like the Jack Tremiel did everything he could to
0: that's right.
1: He got into that price war with T.I. I don't know if that's what they said did him in, but I don't know. I don't oh,
0: that's know. right, because the T.I. My, I actually did have a T.I. in 1983. I bought it at J.C. Penney for 50 bucks because they were clearing him out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the story goes in, in the Commodore on the Edge book that
1: Tramiel was... Uh, de- he was trying to bury T.I., um, and he eventually did. He just undercut him because he had that vertical... Uh, he yeah, had that ability he had MOS, to manufacture yep. his own stuff. He had MOS, right? So, um, so, so he won. TI must
0: have done something to make him
1: mad to do that. I seem to recall it had something to do also with their calculator business,
0: which he was still pretty that's right. fond of. Commodore the had the big calculator business too. That uh, I think, yeah, that's it. Commodore lost out on the calculator business because TI muscled in there with their own. That's it. Their own custom manufactured. So chips. it was revenge. Ye- yep. vendetta. That's so Tramell. Yeah, and <laughs> make me mad, and I'll show you that how sounds I like get uh, mad. That could be a new sitcom. That's so Tramell. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a bunch of us got to get together and and do that, like an old fashioned radio show. Right. Not to write that down. Anyway, steal your idea there, please. <laughs> anyway, hey, maybe we can get a few other people in here uh, to to do that. You know, you know who'd probably be good. He could play the apple side. That would be uh, Carrington, Vance. To oh, get him to play the apple side of it. Been... Mm-hmm. He could probably play most of the characters <laughs> <laughs> and do a really good job of it. Anyhow, um, yes, don't want to take up too much time. So, uh, what we're going to do here is go through, like, like I said, two Radio Shack. Uh, catalogs from two different eras Uh, the Mm -hmm. first catalog is from 1976 and we're conveniently using an online reference called RadioShackCatalogs.com where you can bring up pretty much any catalog over many many decades of RadioShack catalogs that have been scanned in and put into some flash mechanism that lets you page through it like it was a real thing in fact I think it even makes paper turning sounds it may. I don't have it up right now, but um, I'll get the Foley artist on it right now. The
1: the the listeners there can actually follow along. News: The
0: 1976 Radio Shack catalog is hot off the press. Over 160 pages of top quality electronic products, cassette players and recorders, Citizen Band radios, antennas, and much more. Today's news is value, and that's what you'll find inside the new Radio Shack catalog. Behind this cover is a whole world of quality electronic equipment at prices that make it easy to afford. Pick up your new catalog at your Radio Shack store today and read all about it. They could. I don't know about you, but I'm starting at the front page. Oh, I'm I'm at it too. There's there's the the '70s men's and women's uh, hairstyles that you were mentioning earlier. You yeah. can buy the Bicentennial Everything Stereo System with the wood grain. Uh, AM, FM, receiver, amplifier, the BSR turntable changer with the Radio Shack name on it, of course. Mm. Uh, or realistic name. Radio Shack was realistic. Yeah, the
1: time. I never really understood that word. <laughs> uh, it's, it's not real. No. But it is realistic.
0: Yeah, that's just, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite real. That's right. That's just the...
1: There's a story behind the name, and I don't remember what it was, so I'll I'll refrain. But there's a story about, behind why it was called that, but... I would have to go back and research it. Um, a lot of these things in this particular catalog, I was probably a little bit too before my time. Me being forty-three, but at seventy-six, I guess you know, between five and six years old, I was starting to be able to form memories and have some sort of a personality. I suppose.
0: Well, you were you're four years younger than me, so you're you're as old as my brother. Um, and yeah, I remember going through. My parents would get the catalog every year. You know, the Radio Shack Mm -hmm. catalog would come in the mail every year if you bought at least one thing from them throughout the year because, you know, they recorded your name and address on those papers every time you made a sale, even if it was for a 19-cent pack of resistors. They had to take your name and address and Mm -hmm. fill out a sales slip. So, yeah, they got your name. They sent you the catalogs, which is great. Um, And I would root through these catalogs when I was younger, and this was before 1976 is before I really got started in electronics as a hobby. It was yeah. actually it was actually 77 uh Halloween of 77 is when I got official well, I call it officially into the hobby hmm. because I bought my first kit from Radio oh. Shack. And that was also the first year I stopped going trick or treating. It's like a moment in time, a snapshot, a point in time that I can reference. But I would have picked the 1977 catalog for this, but, you know, Bicentennial, 76, that means something to a lot of people, and it's a,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think, a better and, reference in time. I mean, they have one,
1: they have a Bicentennial, uh, what is Oh, it's a radio. <laughs> yeah. At the very, Oh, very, yeah, in the first, inside, behind yeah, the first...
0: inside front cover. Um, <laughs> nice wood grain box. Is that on... No, that's on round stands. I a there. I thought it was on casters. It did look like it's on casters, but they also have this very, very large
1: woman holding it up. So. And it's
0: shown actual size, so if you have a 28-inch monitor, you'd have a bigger one. Yeah, yeah. So what's interesting here, you kind of find out
1: right away just how big you know stereos and hi-fi was... The premier thing back at that time. Well, of course, um, we didn't it's have mp Dominating the audio, the 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 personal audio stuff is dominating the uh, the front cover, for instance, and even the back cover's got some eight-track, which, as you know, was an enduring technology that is still here today.
0: It is. Uh... <laughs> hey, I still have mine. Uh, yeah. The, the tapes don't play very well. They've either tightened up wound tight and they don't spin freely or, you know, the, the little foam piece behind the tape disintegrated away and, you know, there's no yeah. pressure there to, to make it work. I I, I think
1: I kind of missed the boat. I remember um, the only thing I remember much about 8-track in general was we, I had a stereo system that I, I had gotten for Christmas or a birthday or something that did have an 8-track player. And I remember having the soundtrack from Annie.
0: <laughs> hey, why not? You know, it's probably uh, probably uh, was in the family somewhere, and they gave it to you. Said, "Here, you can listen to this." And Greece. Okay. So, well, I think everybody had the soundtrack to Greece back then. I yeah. think I still have the soundtrack to Greece on on yeah. LP. Oh, on
1: LP. Well, I had these were eight tracks. Now I don't, I don't know what happened to them. <laughs> they I, they probably got lost in some great purge somewhere. But um. I don't know. We we moved on quickly from A tracks, I guess.
0: Um, well, cassettes just became a lot cheaper. The standard. That's true.
1: Yeah, and you can even see some of that creeping in onto here when you go delve further into the catalog. You start to see because I remember like my uncle had a reel to reel player, and that was like a big deal. But then, as soon as you get a little bit further in, you start to see the kind of the birth of those port- really portable um, cassette decks that you could carry around with you. And, yeah, you're on, what,
0: page 11 or something? Bring them to make-out parties and whatever yeah. else you're, uh, you're Bef- doing. Before they became stereo boomboxes, that's an 80s thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you had the portable AMFM cassette record player... I mean, yeah, not record player, um, AMFM cassette, portable stereos. You could record mixtapes right off the radio. Mm-hmm. And
1: I, I, don't, I couldn't say that I remember exactly what I had, but I do remember around that time getting one of these kind of portable uh not so much the ones on page 11 but like on the ones like on page 13
0: yes that and my my first
1: one was that style probably. We, uh i mean i love that thing i don't know what it, what was about it but it just captured my imagination i ran around the neighborhood recording all kinds of sounds and whatnot
0: and um it I, was I, fun. i was the exact same way um my uncle and i actually my uncle's my age we played around a lot because we were the same age and it, it worked out. He had his own portable cassette player, had my portable cassette player. I don't know. Some people, I don't know if I'm the only one who did this, but you know, you record your own radio station. You know, you, you read the news into the tape player and then you play some records into the tape player. And then when you're done, you have whatever homebrew radio station. <laughs> the news is President
1: Dixon's a poopy head. <laughs> That's right. Um,. I, no, I, I think I did that a couple of times, but you know what I used to, I used to record Friends. I recorded a lot of TV
0: shows. Yes, I, I in fact, I might even still have a tape somewhere. I got a lot of stuff stored away. Um, <laughs> I, I might have a cassette somewhere where I recorded Gilligan's Island every day at five o'clock. I don't get it. I mean, I recorded, like,
1: you know, this is probably a little bit later, but like Benson and Star Blazers. I, I, Star Blazers, I love that show. Right, I, I don't. I really can't tell you why. <laughs> I'll have to ask my
0: my. Well, so you can listen analyst. to them later. You know, when you're in the when you're in the big family, station wagon, and you have fresh C batteries in your tape player, and you one of those in ear, head headset pieces, or not not even headsets. You just had that in your ear thing. You can listen to the TV show again. Yeah. And try to remember Absolutely. what scene that was. You know, what were they doing in that scene? You can. You only have the audio as the clues. That's right. Now I
1: also noticed that in and here, we started, liked it. You're right. You did.
0: And it's okay.
1: I mean, I still have an affinity for it today. I just, I don't do it anymore, but, um...
0: No, you bring out your um, smartphone, and you just lay on the table and record everything. That's right.
1: Oh, let's see. So, I dived a little bit further into page 18 and 19, and I, you know, I never realized it until just now that there were actually blank 8-tracks you could buy. I mean, I... I guess somebody had to have blank ones, right? But. My
0: my brother's first home stereo was one of those bookshelf units with the all-in-one, the, um, the 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 tape player, the AM/FM stereo, the turntable built into the top, and two two speakers that were connected by the cords. Mm-hmm. And his was a recording eight-track. But really, we, we never bought or got eight tracks. I mean, it says here on on page nineteen, a dollar as low as dollar forty-nine for forty minutes. Yeah forty nine was expensive back then to a kid. Yeah,
1: and it, that's funny, you know. I used to get upset at, like, old people, because they would say, Gum used to cost 20 cents. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but wasn't that like a paycheck, sir? That's back right. Back when you were, back then? Or no, at, least,
0: at least a couple more hours
1: overtime. So you can kind of look that kind of stuff up, and I do from time to time. In
0: 1970, let's see. I didn't get much of an allowance. Um... But it it was like money I had to plan to spend a certain way. I wanted everything, but I could only afford some items. And yeah, you know, with a dollar forty nine, I don't know what would I use it for. I mean, it's cool that we can record this, but then I can't take it anywhere. And it's not even my stereo; it's my brother's stereo. You know, so yeah, I could probably buy this, record something, and and then what? I'd have to go back to his stereo to use it because nobody else had an eight track player at this time. Yeah.
1: Now, according to this, I don't know how useful this this site or accurate I should say this site is, but it's in twenty thirteen dollars dot com. Okay, <laughs> and you can go in there and you can put in like a year and the number. So I put in a dollar forty nine in the year nineteen seventy eight, gets you five dollars fifty one cents in twenty thirteen. Yikes! So,
0: okay, that yeah. is. Yeah,
1: or five fifty nine in twenty fourteen. I don't. I guess they. got So it's more $5. than triple. Yeah, and so it would have it would have been a lot. And you know you know when I I guess when you're a kid you like you look at your parents and like, man, why couldn't you get me that one? And I guess every kid kind of goes through that a little bit, but you know, they bought me an Atari man, and that you know how expensive the Atari was back then. They were $200. And $200 and what, 79, 80? Yep, they better. were So today that would be yeah, that's about right, because there was actually an article somewhere about this with inflation and how much would it would, you know, how much were a console launches uh, during the video game eras, and, and so 200 in 1980 would have been, today would be $607.
0: So it was technically more expensive than the PlayStation 4.
1: Yeah, and... and uh, Economies yeah.
0: of scale. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, so that kind of thing's always interesting, you know, if you can look it up. So yeah, dollar
0: forty nine would have been about five bucks, and I don't know what kind of allowance. Um, and and since video got any. since video games at the arcade were still a quarter a piece, I could spend that dollar forty nine elsewhere right. and get more for for my money, at least as far as I was concerned. Although this was uh
1: this here was nineteen seventy six, so if you were at the arcade, you were into drugs very heavily.
0: <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. That's uh, because I didn't want to shop at Ormans with my mom or any of the 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 shoe stores or the the women's clothing stores I and radio shack kicked me out because I was playing on their uh, stereos too much
1: yeah you probably
0: <laughs> you probably played death race by exity in uh... uh death race no there was an exity game that I did like to play I forget what it was our local arcade at the time had a lot of the Chicago coin electromechanical arcade mm-hmm. games so I remember playing this one that you're basically flying in a Um, biplane and you're shooting all these um, planes that you know they're projected onto a screen you're trying to hit them and if you get a certain score after the timer counts down you get like a a token you know that's you get a reward like a little souvenir token
1: proto-redemption uh game i guess
0: yeah tickets
1: you got a single token
0: yeah you got a token and you know you couldn't turn it in for anything it was just you know this is your oh. this is your badge for you know getting the score well the good news is, is that token is probably worth more than uh than the game now yeah probably uh-huh. but the token I even forget the name of the game I looked it up a couple years ago but then I forgot it again yeah. uh, but I got a friend in in Houston who uh
1: collects a lot of older machines and he uh he has a lot of machines like that he's got this one that's actually pretty interesting I don't want to get off track too much here but it's a horseshoe game, and you you take this metal wheel and you spin it as fast as you can, and the horseshoe—it's just—it's just lights, and it's all electromechanical stuff. So the lights come on, and as the horseshoe travels across the so-called yard, and then if you time it well enough and spin it just fast enough, then you can get the horseshoe around the the pole. Or if you go too fast, it'll go beyond the pole. If you go too Uh, slow it'll go before the pole it's kind of neat what they were able to do with that kind of technology sounds like
0: kind of an awkward dynamic until you get used to it
1: yeah well, what's worse is you know you really put a lot of pressure on that wheel all the time so it tends to you know kind of messed up after you know some vigorous
0: play so and the next person goes to play and they can't score that's right Okay, so let's see. I'm looking down. I'm looking down. I'm I'm at page 24, 25 right now. And this is another thing I remember Radio Shack doing. And I think they kept doing this for a while, is they would price systems together. So you kind of pick your price, and this is what they can present to you for a home stereo system. Yeah. Various speakers, and you know whether it comes with the cassette or not, certain types of amplifiers, or the way these pages are. They they show you the amplifier and then they show you the combos that you can get, which is probably just what uh, regular items priced. Yeah, it looks like they take about fifty or sixty bucks off if you buy a combo set. Okay, I mean you need it all. That's and, for certain. But they certainly did that a lot, and and these would be up on you know when you go into the store at this time, these would be up on shelves, um, carpeted shelves, I believe. Uh, wow. set in and then you have speakers below and they'd have the different stereo receivers like on page 26 that stereo receiver looks so familiar in fact it looks hmm. a lot like the Sherwood my mom and dad have that they've had since the, the early 70s it still works wonderfully i
1: wonder a wonderful well it
0: well, looks you like know, radio shack
1: was was uh, you know infamous for their penny pinching and i guess it wouldn't surprise me if they didn't actually manufacture these things oh no they um, they
0: would buy you know their cat their calculators were Texas Instruments or Casio. Um, the their stereo systems were some other manufacturers. This one looks just like their Sherwood. It had the single mm-hmm. single tuning knob right beside the VU meter, and it had the five rotating knobs for sound and the three buttons and the, and the mode control on the left, and the headphone jack. It looks other than the realistic name on it, it's looks exactly the same. Uh, yeah, may, maybe the knobs are a little different, but. Well, yeah, I do remember, that
1: was like, you know, being as young as I was, fascinating, the little VU meter with the little, whoa, it's responding to the music, man.
0: Watch it move as the guy talks, and... Yeah. Let's see. Yeah, if you didn't have that kind of money to spend, you could move further down the catalog, because that's how they arrange it. More expensive Mm -hmm. stuff first, cheaper stuff... Oh, I never
1: even noticed that. You're right, though. Yeah,
0: in the same section. So lowest price amplifier, page thirty, twenty nine ninety five. It's basically just <laughs>
1: wow. It does say it's a starter. They're not. They're not. It is
0: push- separate left and right volume controls. So not only is it volume, but it's also balance, uh, tone, tone. Yep. That's tone either. Tone. tone is what single tone knob is. I think just the one thousand hertz section of the band, uh, so you get either high, high noisy vocals or dead-end vocals, and some of the music goes away. Well, good for a bit disco, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, these the amplifiers, they they I don't think they... What was it? Yeah, 70s, so it was percussion, so you didn't need the bass so much as that everybody wants today. That's a good point, yeah. Well, let's see here, so... But there's a $79 system with a record player, and according to the oh, conversion, yeah. you're talking what uh, th- about three and a half times that much. So we're almost 260, 70 in today's dollars. So that's kind of affordable. Two, definitely a huge price range, which is
1: interesting too, um, of what you could get. I mean, they were just. I mean, they really had something for every price bracket. You you didn't necessarily get bragging rights with all of them, but um, you did get some kind of noise in your home or room,
0: uh, depending on what you got. That's right, something so. to listen to, uh, and yeah. I guess college students at the time have something at the dorm. Yeah, seventy-six. Uh, this this era too is also good. You're looking at the next page, four channel. Um, they, it, I don't know if that was truly quadraphonic as the term was, but it did have you know four channel, two speakers on one side, and I guess sort of a surround on another side another part of the room I don't know if they couldn't use the term quadraphonic or yeah they have quadravox is here. that yeah oh there it is quadravox so yeah it was it was a gimmick then it then it eventually turned into surround sound and we take advantage of that today and we can't live without it that's true yeah oh yeah you get the quadravox on the next page the quadravox stereo it's built in 600, 600 bucks at that time Oh wait, where's that one? Oh, I see it. Okay. Page 32 yeah. and and the complete set almost $1600 in 1976. Uh, there's wow. your audiophile there, stuff. That's as much as a you know I'm I'm, I'm I
1: th- I think I'm only half joking when I say that that is nearly as much as a new car. It's very close. very close. Very yeah. close, yeah. Oof. So, interesting. All well, that then you go further down, you see the 4-channel like, Stereo Max which i guess implies some sort of maximum stereo i think
0: which one was sure same that page
1: means. 34 um, okay oh yeah okay instantly converts the QTA753 into a versatile stereo receiver with over twice the power per channel i did re- i do remember that power was very important
0: got it. got to get the watts yeah and then no. if it was a 100 watt stereo it was 25 watts per channel Mm-hmm. They just add it all up and give you that number. Okay.
1: And then let's see, going on a little bit further, thirty-six. We dive into the the turntables, automatic turntables. Now this I do remember, but mostly from my parents, who you know would have one, and you know the needle
0: gets put on there for you. Oh my God. Well, BSR was a big name in in, in in the automatic turntables, the three speed stackable turntables. Like the, the the more expensive ones here are turntables. They don't really stack. They don't have a like a an arm or anything. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them looks like it has an arm or has the stack spindle, but I don't see the arm that holds it. The ninety nine dollar one on page thirty seven has uh has like a that, that stacking center hub. Oh I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't see the arm that comes over, um, but most of those. Well,
1: isn't the fifty-four-dollar one in the lower on page thirty-seven, lower yep. left?
0: Yeah, the... that,
1: I remember that. On my my parents had that because you would put like your your other records up there, and then somehow magically they would just come down. Whatever the name on is on form. there, I can almost
0: guarantee it was made by BSR, which is a uh, English or England a company from England that. I think, what does it stand for? Bavarian. No, it's not Bavarian. Uh, what's Bavarian's German? Uh, British sound? Yes. I, I don't know if it was British, <laughs> but it was some other name that begins with a B that represents. Boy, I really ought to research this stuff. But Britain. anyway. You, yeah. Um, but anyway, these, these were common. These are the ones you found in those uh, all-in-one systems that you put on your bookshelf that had the mm-hmm. stacking arm, and yeah, you could stack a bunch of 45s and, and you know have your own you know, mixed player. And For me, at that age, it was just magic. In fact, I'm looking at
1: that, that 5495 one, and I, I see that it has, and I can remember the motion. You stack up all your records, and then you pull down on that, that tab on the lower right, and somehow that kind of you started everything
0: up. Pull it to auto, and then all the mechanics underneath start lifting the right stuff, and the right. It's like a it's like a carousel. Yeah. Yeah, that I have really I cool. have one of those in a um, in a bookshelf stereo system I have in my dining room. I, I've always liked those things. It they don't play very well. They're not as good as like the needles on them aren't as mm-hmm. good as you would find in a professional turntable, but they work. And so you can I you can stack tell. the records and yeah you really couldn't because you know, part of it is the amplifier that you're going to hook it up to and the speakers you're going to pump pump the sound out of, but these type type of turntables are pretty much built by the same company, hmm. and they're not so much a collector's thing now, but people like to have them for those who, you know, pick up, air, you know, different stereo systems from any given era, but the problem with those turntables is the grease they used in those. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you 're using it all the time, it turns to glue. Oh, so that's it not acts good. to be dis all those mechanical parts need to be disassembled, cleaned, reassembled, and relubricated. which you know how to do? I wish I did actually uh, the one I got I bought from a local company. We have a company here in York called retro addicts, and mm-hmm. the guy actually repairs vintage electronic equipment oh wow and he knows how to rebuild these things so i bought this off him i i kind of paid a premium price but the work was done it 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 was very clean it runs well i didn't mind paying the price for it i'm happy Mm -hmm. with what i bought it's like an emerson uh was it yeah it was an emerson big uh amfm stereo system even has cassette and a track on it so i'm Mm -hmm. covered but those well, those turntables if you find them somewhere you got if you want it you got to check it out cuz it could could be binding.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's see. All right, so let's see moving on I see we're getting into needles. Now I never understood any of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's all the different manufacturers had their different specifications for for needles. They the shape of the the tip whether it has diamond or not or if it's sapphire mm-hmm. or if it's round. Mm-hmm or oval, however it is, every you know, it's it's like buying a different car. It's like parts don't work on different cars. So you have to buy certain certain parts to work on certain cars. Well, uh rolling that analogy over there to to the vehicles, you have to buy different needles because the way their mechanisms work. Everybody has a good idea and but they can't get down to a single standard. So many
1: of these things would have just been over my head at the time too, anyway, like, you know, this they're 1795 one, uh, it's, uh, low-cost elliptical, accurate tracking at one and a half to three grams, and it has a 20 to 20,000 hertz response. Channel separation, 20 decibels at one kilohertz. Expensive, in
0: quotes, features. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's right. Well, uh, that said, what, ellipticals? Which one was that? The 1795. That's uh, the 1795. Accurate 1795. tracking. Oh, and that's right the middle. other thing, too. It says, accurate tracking at one and a half to three grams. You had to tune your turntable so to a certain needle weight for these things to work uh. as as uh, expected. One and a half grams is actually pretty light. That's a f- almost a floating needle. But the fact that yeah. it'll track, of course, it's light. It's Nothing's going to bind it. But if you bump it, it's going to skip. Yeah, or there's anything in in the grooves. I guess it probably bounces off the. Yes. All over the place. Yeah, the, the dirt gets yeah. in there, and if it's too heavy, then it's going to drag, and it could eventually wear out the vinyl. Like like those new replica systems, like the Crosley record players that you can buy at Target and stuff. Yeah. Um, you you don't want to put them on records you want to keep. They they come in. Somebody tested. it, They come in at six grams. I mean, you might as well just take a needle and drag it through there while it's spinning, because eventually you're going to wear out your your vinyl. Interesting, yeah. I, like the
1: one right next to it, it says for heavy tracking, two and a half to five gram yep. grams.
0: <sighs> wow. Okay.
1: No, it's you know guess,
0: the response um, is pretty good, twenty to twenty thousand hertz. That's human hearing range. So yeah, well, uh, I, but I hear
1: ultrasonic. Yeah, there so. you go.
0: Yeah, you're missing. I'm missing out on a lot of stuff. Then, but then yeah. again, is it linear? Is it, it may pick up twenty to twenty thousand hertz, but is it does it get louder at say a thousand hertz, and it's actually picking up, but a lot quieter out in the the fringe frequencies. All that I know is you've no, you've
1: never heard nirvana, nirvana unless you've heard the ultrasonic Nirvana.
0: <laughs> all right, well that won't happen at my age and all the loud music I listened to in the eighties and the heavy metal stuff. So mm-hmm. I I kind of. Gave up on that ultrasonic stuff years ago yeah. because I destroyed my ears doing it. Well, let's see. Now we're into, like, I'm just moving on. We're
1: into parts for your audio. Lots of different jacks and adapters. And
0: uh, And they went with the times, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, they,
1: well, you know, that's actually kind of interesting because I, when I was looking through this earlier, I noticed that Radio Shack has really come a long way, um, and some would say for the worst, in terms of what kinds of things they carry now. I mean, you really, it was a full-service shop for pretty much any any hobby in your home uh, and some outside the home. Um, so you could get, you know, replacement uh, styluses for your record player. You could get adapters for any sort of need that you might have at a given time. Even if it um, wasn't their brand. They, nope, and you you could build one with parts you could buy there, uh, depending upon um,
0: what you're trying to do. It's almost so, like a J.C. Whitney catalog. We buy all those car parts. You can build a whole car with everything they sell. Well, the, you know, they're trying to get back into that, but I it, I don't think... I think they missed yeah. the Mark on that. It, unfortunately, they did. Heck, they even closed the uh, local radio shack to me. It, I guess they're not selling enough phones.
1: Yeah, well, I remember them like saying, well, we're really getting big into the maker stuff, and... You know, it, they do have a heritage there they could grab onto,
0: but I, I don't know. I think they're missing like... the mark. I I even plug away at their Facebook thread, just as a hint, and I get I get some. Yeah, we're thinking about that, but that's about it. I I think they're going to lose out, and that's unfortunate. I like to see them get back into their, their, their heritage, roots. their roots. Yeah, I don't even think. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about this, but is it even Tandy anymore? I think it still is. Yeah. I, I'm just glad they didn't finally decide to rename, rename themselves the Shack, which they were threatening. Oh threatened. yeah, I forgot about that. They, that. That didn't come out. Yeah, I think well, enough people know, complained.
1: When I go to when I order pizza, I go to the Hut. So, <laughs> because I, the I, other I, place Papa John's is just not hip sounding enough for me. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I, I find better
0: deals at Papa John's. But anyway, <laughs> I feel bad. It's making I feel me bad. But
1: the, one of the best jokes I ever heard in my life, uh, which is some says something sad about me. I think is uh,
0: Radio Shack. You've got questions. We've got shrugs. Yeah. So I worked at a Radio Shack back in ni- early '90s around Christmas just to make a few. You didn't have rugs. shrugs. I bet. I didn't have shrugs. You had answers. I did, but they just wanted to sell more computers. Yeah. it's a. They didn't really want us to spend too much time on anything, but sell computers for Christmas. Everybody wants a Tandy One Thousand RL for Christmas. Everybody wants it. Everybody yeah. wants one. That's right. And that's where they. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Tried to sell it. I think I sold one, and I ended up taking the uh, commission from somebody else because I didn't realize earlier that day they were talking to another person. So. I, uh, well, that's just that's just the way it goes. I got labeled a shark. For oh, taking that cable, Radio Shark. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. Some people would say that's a good thing. But I, I miss being yeah. able to go to the local stores, as we were mentioning earlier, the local Radio Shack, and saying, "Well, I need this cable. I can get the cable with the ends I need already pre-built. Now I have to spend seven ninety-nine for a cable, and then three ninety-nine for different ends to make it the cable I want. Right. And, and pretty soon I'm. I'm 20 bucks in, and I get this cable, which, of course, I find in a box somewhere two months later in my own stuff because I was too lazy to go look.
1: Well, you know, maybe it was like this back then too. I don't know, but it always seemed to me that, um, you know, nowadays, if you need to go do what you just described, you also often have to go to several places
0: um, to get it or just order it online. Yeah, we so. also had Lafayette Electronics. They, uh, was a very similar store, but they, uh, kind of went out of business in the early 80s. Well, cables mm-hmm. back then for audio and video, I mean, you had mm-hmm. RCA and you had quarter inch and eight inch stereo mono. You didn't mm-hmm. have everything you have now. When we look for cables now, we're looking for micro SD, m- you know, mini SD, no, mm-hmm. not micro, uh, micro, um, USB, mini USB, you know, it was it mini? Uh, the what is it? The mini HDMI and yeah. Block, there's just tons of cables. And, and you can't build it yourself if you needed to. Shack, you could go there and you buy the ends and you buy the cable. You build it yourself if you wanted to. I don't even know if you could really
1: build some of those cables. Those are all not not today. No, hands. They just, uh, my hands
0: don't get that small. But get me two RCA ends and some uh, cable in between, and I'll I'll put the cable together. Sure. Of course, I probably have a bunch of them now. But th- th- the point is. You you can do that, which we'll see further down in the catalog.
1: Yeah.
0: But maybe the connectivity needs were simpler back then, so they can afford to have all the permutations of cabling that people may need because mm-hmm. they understood yeah. what they sold and they understood what people were using.
1: It could be, but I also suspect that Radio RadioShack was just a juggernaut back then. I mean, you didn't have... Um, aside from the big department stores like sears and jc penny you really didn't have a lot of competition for the type of niche they were in at the time so yeah walmart wasn't that big to be selling that kind of stuff either oh walmart was tiny walmart was still in the in arkansas you know back then i think so um so where do you go to get a stereo system you know well you can go to sears you can go to jc penny um Leonard Crower or Wilson's or any of the other ones I can rattle off the top of my head. That were pretty much department stores. And but if he needed to go to get anything aside from the big box stuff, he had to go to um Radio Shack. I mean where else maybe an independent if
0: you happen to be lucky to live in a place that has something like that. But And then you get something other than Radio Shack or realistic stuff too, because they were an independent dealer. You get Radio Shed. That's right. <laughs> and yeah, and and they knew and we had joked about it before. They knew what they were selling. They can explain it and um right. But, but then again, part of it was people got smarter over the decades. So mm-hmm. maybe in some cases Radio Shack was tired of people coming in knowing what they wanted um so they just kind of sold stuff that they thought people wanted instead of yeah, maybe you know providing answers to, you know providing solutions to to problems. Just giving people the option of, you know, well, creating their own solution.
1: I always suspected that it, it simply had to do with the with market forces. I mean those those kinds of jobs we would consider. Uh, I mean, sure, we did back then too, but we would definitely consider it now very highly technical and specialized knowledge that, in most cases, you want to pay some money for to keep those people. Because they're the ones that are going to be selling stuff, but you know, y- y- those people are going to move on to other better-paying jobs, and Radio Shack probably got into the same glut that all of these stores get into eventually, where you just have people fill in time body. for their summer job. Warm you know? body stores, yeah. You know what's uh, and you get and then you just get and then the then you say, well, I don't, you know, am I going to spend all this money on? Training and stuff when these people are going to be here for a couple of months, you know, my turnover is really high. I just need somebody to be able to say, hey, how are you doing? Yeah, here's the TVs, Um, you know, which is unfortunate. But there are some economies there that are hard to dispute. And um, since you can go everywhere and buy the same kind of product. Yeah, right. So, yeah. So, and yeah, you know, I mean, it, it is also kind of an interesting idea that it is cheaper from a for for a company to rely on the customers being more knowledgeable about their products. Because then they, the company, does not have to pay their employees as highly as they might if the employees needed to have the knowledge that the customer doesn't have. So this goes back to your point about the, the customer just
0: being more knowledgeable. Well wow, what an epiphany. So in in part I'm responsible for uh who's working at radio shack now because I go and I find my own answers I'm not bragging but uh, that's what I do <laughs> well at least that's what I'm finding I have to do now well, that's that's today radio shack you've got questions you've got google yeah it, yeah. Yeah, it kind of sucks having to say that about them i mean there. you can still get the the uh diy stuff i just I think they're trying too hard to get the right products in I don't think they're doing the research or just throwing products out then discounting them at two weeks later because one of them didn't sell or and then that's how I'm getting them really cheap because they bring them in then they discount them and they bring something else in and it's like okay when's this going to stop you know it's it's, it's like a big slot machine eventually they're going to stop on a product and keep the product because nobody else can answer the questions I know what I'm looking for I see it mm-hmm and they're exactly. they're hitting a moving target. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, we could definitely. I mean, they're not. I was going to say we can definitely um, dance on the bones of Radio Shack, but they are still around. But it is it is uh, so, sort of sad to look at an old catalog like this and see what they once were, and uh, it's just not there anymore. I'm not even sure, you know, there could really be a Radio Shack anymore exactly, but um, um It's disappointing. Yeah, it's when more
0: of it's becoming a cell phone store now.
1: Yeah, it's been that way for a while. I mean I, I you know hey I they've hung around for a long time, but we're definitely beyond the days of uh wood grain stereos and and uh Mercedes uh, and Woodgrain's gotta come back. And, what grain? wood, What's
0: the, that? wood green has to come back? Everything that's old is new again. It may. I'm waiting for the 2028-bit computer models that come out. <laughs> the Coco Four. It could still happen. Yeah, be, I'm sure it'd be called the Coco Four Thousand. But
1: oh, all right. So 64-bit um,
0: 6502 processor. Yeah. Or yeah. they had the 6809. Um I think it'd probably have to be the 60
1: you know if, if you had if you had the we're getting off on tangents here <laughs> yeah. the 6502 and in the apple 2gs you had the 65816 so i guess you'd have to have if you're going with i guess what is it um what's the name of that company that does the chips now western design or something um, yeah, I, I don't so it'd have, have to be like a six five
0: six four one twenty eight <laughs> or something. Some, that would have to be the chip. Just another number to remember in the, uh, industry. All right. I lost track about the time they started coming out with, uh, Intel core two duos. I was, I was really big. I, I knew the progressions were three eighty six forty six 46, Pentium, Pentium Me two, too, Pentium yeah. three, but now it's all out of hand. Now I can't even tell which car to get, you know? What, I need a PCI sixteen no PCI Express sixteen x three point standard. Okay, can I put a two point in there instead? Yeah, you know, or can I put a three point card in a two point You know, my son is now getting versed in that, which is great because now Good. I can yeah, ask him gonna, questions. Now. I was the one who could set your VCR's clock. That's right. In my generation. Well, you and you can
1: lean on your son, but you gotta pay. That's right. You gotta pay for that knowledge. <laughs> it's just
0: That's like Radio Shack, man. I, uh, I learned, yeah, I learned that yesterday when my daughter had a problem with her laptop, and my son took over for fixing it. I didn't have to touch it. Normally, I'm the I'm the go-to person to fix it. He he took over right away. He and spent
1: I, the rest of, spent the rest of the night in the restroom eating ice cream and weeping.
0: Something like that. Yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the torch has <is> passed. <sighs> Weep, grieve.
0: Now, hey, as long as he can put that to good use, make more money than me, and buy me a house when I get old, that'll be. You know, well spent time and a good decision on my part to let him take over, but we'll see all if that right. happens. I still didn't where put my parents you? a house. Oh, where? Uh, I, you know, I went right by the heads headphones, Me too. Uh, Which which is okay. We'll see headphones in in the eighties. Uh, we will. You know, all these speakers, boy, we're still in home audio. You know what? Speakers is speakers. I like this on page fifty. This is a big thing at the time. Color organs. you got to have the flashing lights behind that wire pattern plastic front piece that was just a thing i i don't remember those specifically but you still
1: you 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 do still see these things in a few places like spencer's spencer's that's right and the lava lamps are
0: coming back too the radio shack didn't sell lava lamps i wonder what it must have been a fire hazard and insurance I don't know, but uh, I do remember
1: these. I also had a place in the, in the local mall called Tinderbox, which was a cigar place. And for some strange reason, uh, they carried things like this. I they had cigars and then this. I, I don't know what they were doing. Sure, anyway, why not? It, it depends on the
0: quote cigar that you got. You know, mm-hmm, you might. I think you, it was on the up and up. Might, but okay. I don't know. <laughs> might need those you know. flashing lights. You know, I, I didn't see any black lights. I need to. So. Yeah. I need to find one of these just to put in my game room. You know, I'm going to mix centuries, or mix decades together in my game room, eventually. But, you know, having a flashing... Oh, you know, what the heck, I can just build one. Uh, <laughs> make it a project. I'll make an Arduino-based. Um, maybe I'll make a flash to be the music, be the modern-day VU meter. Why not? I'm looking right above those things on, on this catalog. The... I thought it was one of those little portable amps that they sold, which I think I have a couple of them now that I bought over the decades, but no, this is, it's it's basically a sound processor that creates four-channel effects from a stereo source, from a two-channel source, so Hmm. that's what we had for sound processing at the time. It probably just moved certain frequency bands to certain speakers and gave you that surround effect that... Was it, is it like,
1: I, I mean, obviously, I, I don't know, I haven't heard these, but was it anything like what they've done? I'm sorry, that was. That's okay. Was it, was it anything like what they've done with old AM played stereo? Remember when the like, all stations would go to FM? And so they would, they would almost like take the song and split it down the middle and. And then you'd have the lyrics over here and the music over on this side. Is it was it that? Yeah, it's, Did it it's, sound that well, or was it's it just kind like of the,
0: the same, same technology? Remember when surround okay. sound started becoming popular, like in the nineties? The yeah. way they would do that, you could turn a non-surround sound source into surround sound. And if you listen really closely to what's coming out the speakers, uh, you're getting certain frequency bands coming out of different speakers. So they would block off, like vocals would always come from the front where where you're viewing, but certain Mm -hmm. high-frequency sounds or even, as the technology progressed, lower-volume sounds, which would simulate distance, you would hear from the surround sound speakers as they were processed, uh, electronically processed. Uh, Now they digitally process that stuff as if anything isn't coming out in surround sound anyway, you know, as a standard. But what they did with a box like this, four-channel... Uh, effects thing is they did it analog style. They would move certain frequency bands to different speakers. Okay. Separate it out. So, yeah, it would it would surround you to some degree. You'd probably hear the same thing in all four speakers, but you will probably hear more of one frequency band in one speaker as opposed to the other. But you I still... I mean, if
1: you, like, you turned up the left and turned down the right, you would still hear, like, a piece of the lyrics... In the faded way in the background. Yes. But you'd hear
0: the, the music, the accompaniment really loud. Yep. So.
1: Whatever fell in that
0: frequency band, it, it probably worked for full range music like orchestra, orchestra music it would probably sound pretty interesting hmm. for that. Because you have, yeah. you, you have your highs yeah. and you have your lows and, you know, the timpanis in the middle. So uh, you get, yeah, that's, that's how they did that. So, hey, $21.95, which I guess was, you know, a lower cost but you had to buy two new speakers, you did, yes,
1: I see that, so you could buy the full system for well, they have a complete for thirty nine ninety five and I guess if you're gonna go for the kind of the maybe the low end four channel effects driver, then I don't know,
0: you're not gonna get much out of it anyway, I suppose no i mean we we couldn't fill it this isn't t h x style audio here, <laughs> and even that's dated anymore, true, yeah. Dolby. Or you didn't have to buy speakers. You went to the next page. You you built a cabinet and you bought your own speakers. You, you made them. No, I don't do that. No. <laughs> ah, but some people did, and. Some people did, yeah, and they they knew.
1: Man, this is a so got forty watts, thirty to twenty thousand hertz. Ah.
0: That's right. Yeah. Of course, then you run it through a cheap amp, and you're not going to make the use of those speakers. Yeah. But hey, you could fix your speakers with everything they have over these next few pages. Xanadu never sounded so good. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. right. <laughs> the electric Light Orchestra. Now, here's something that probably sounds good through a quad. Was it the quadraphonic? What would they call that? It was just on that page. The Quadravox. Yeah. Could probably get some good separation there. And then with yeah. the, with the flashing color organs. Oh know, yeah, you're all set.
1: Absolutely. There wasn't enough chrome around, or you know, kind of that shiny acrylic. Uh, That's right, shiny rock acrylic, rockola type look, <laughs> rockola jukebox type look. So yeah, you can build your own speakers, and why not? You may learn something in the process, just like we do now, with our uh, Apple Twos and our uh, TRS80s and our TIs.
0: Um, well, now building your own speakers is what can you put in the trunk of your car that can do 2,000 watts and rattle the welds off?
1: Right, I mean, you you shake enough, and then the person in the the poor person next to you in the uh, the seventy eight LTD whose car is now shaking apart because you're destroying the rusted joints and whatnot.
0: Here, your... <laughs> yeah, they always sound terrible on the outside. They do. Yeah,
1: well, that's generally only where I hear them because I don't buy any of that stuff.
0: So let's see. Yeah, here's the um, section of the catalog. You don't find these much anymore. The microphones. It used to yeah. be, uh, microphones were a big thing back then. And, and yeah, I they're cheap, yeah. Well, see, they weren't cheap for me. I've always, I would have almost killed for the $3.99 microphone on on page 56 when I got my cassette recorder, my cassette player, because I had the built oh, yeah. in electric microphone, but that That's was right. only good. But I just couldn't, and gee, that was new for '76, too. Um, that would have worked great for me because it has the on-off switch for pause and, you know, I can record that personal radio station a lot better because the microphone's pointing right towards me instead yep. of picking up the sound of the washer or dryer in the next room because, it you know, the built in microphone picks up everything. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they were great. And, of course, I've always wanted, like, the $30 ones that are on the next page because they, they look cool, they look futuristic. Well, uh, look at that guy with the clipped one. Oh, that's right. He, look, he looks. He looks professional. It looks completely inconspicuous, sticking there off his tie. Yeah. So he looks like he's ready to host the game show. Whatever, <laughs> he looks that like happens. To he me. looks like a game show host. Actually, he looks like the one of the first guys who uh, uh, hosted Starcade, that that video game game oh, show. Oh yeah, I don't remember Mark, the guy's name. Mark 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 Richards. Oh yeah, you're right. I. I
1: I'm I'm, I'm a Starcade
0: fan. That's a yeah. That one Jeff that was Edwards died. Yeah, yeah, that was a shame. Um, I was hoping to meet him someday on one of the many cruises he goes on. Because apparently he cru- he used to cruise a lot. Uh, yeah, he was he got up in the, I think in the travel writing and whatnot. Yep. I thought one of these days I'll find a cruise that he's on and I'm gonna pick his ear, you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Get out of here, kid.
0: Yeah, he'll probably send I me was off t- that way.
1: T- talking about something I did forty years ago. No. <laughs> I moved on. You got to move on.
0: <laughs> but you know, anyway. if I bought that that clip-on microphone from my cassette player, I would have had to buy the adapter because that looks yep. like it uses a quarter-inch one. So that you know, it's nineteen ninety-five plus probably another five dollars for the adapter. That's exactly what it is. It's this quarter-inch foam plug. And I probably would not get the quality that I could have gotten from you know that cheap little cassette player anyway.
1: Well, you were doing you were doing your own news too, so that's all that counted. Right. So, but you would have better sound, you know. While you're doing the news, you would have just picked up your voice and not the washing
0: machine, as you said. Yeah. So instead, I would use my uncle's uh, AM/FM cassette radio and a, yeah. a Mister microphone to transmit oh, to it and record hey. all of that. So oh, I
1: wanted those things to work so much better than they were able to.
0: That that's right. <laughs> they uh, they only work to about uh, what twenty feet, which yeah, about as much as a Bluetooth or <laughs> that's <laughs> microphone right. Microphone
1: these days, we haven't gone very far with them. Um, yeah, you're right, but yeah, it just sounded it was a great idea, and um, yeah, I remember. I bu- you know this is much later. I bought one of those like FM transmitter things out of Radio Shack, and it I didn't
0: even go to the next room. Man, So, oh, I, my, I don't know. I was telling you about my very first uh, foray into electronics that, that Halloween of 1977. I I bought the AM transmitter kit. Oh. You didn't oh. even have to solder it. You actually connected things under these little spring-loaded pegs or that were on the, uh, I guess it was a kind of a plastic base. And those and, things did uh, 50,000 watts. Yeah, that right. that's right. They, they kept you warm. Uh, one 9-volt battery. I could still reach the radio controls by the time I got out of range. <laughs> <laughs> I think on well, a good you know, day. You don't want to break any FCC law, that's, FCC regulation. Exactly. There. Uh, but it, it it worked. It just because you you were unlicensed. I just want to point out. That's at that right. Time. Radio Shack was selling me contraband. Right. You probably had your had a pirate radio station as, far I, as the FCC was concerned. I paid a whole seven dollars and ninety nine cents in nineteen seventy seven bucks for that thing. No. Yeah. I was ripped off. <laughs> All those well, hours winding that antenna. Uh, it seemed like ours. You had to get them all equally spaced and wrap it around about 50, 60, 70,000 times. I missed all those kits. I, I,
1: I didn't get it early enough, and I, I really didn't have anybody in my family who um, had any inkling or knowledge of them. I was kind of the tech person, but, you know, the, the far as I went was, like, the box stuff, like a a Commodore or an Atari. Okay. You know, I never got into the, the kit stuff. It's something I kind of feel it's a bit disappointed in but I can do it now so that's what the the nice thing about it is that a lot of that stuff is starting to come back I do wish that uh, there would be more kits coming back like those early kits and the Heath kits and things like that but they're they're showing up they're just not as many I guess as they once were but they're
0: showing up Well, Heath Kit still has uh, something on the back burner whoever owns Heath kit now says they're going to come out with kits but that was two years ago Heath, Heath, Heath bar kits
1: that's heath bars not heath oh is it heath that's bar there. yeah you can build your own heath bar Let's Yeah, see. <laughs> yeah I'm so, i mean look there's like a lot of power in people's hands at this time pa amplifiers and i can just i can hear the dulcet tones of my principal now calling me to the office
0: again <laughs> again yeah <laughs> yeah pa systems uh, were pretty popular for a while and uh, maybe for the bicentennial celebrations, you know, so you can address the whole be. crowd of people. No, no. Whatever organization now, it is.
1: Now we're getting to something I remember in in page sixty intercoms.
0: Uh, yeah, always wanted one.
1: Well, you see, when I when uh, first house that my parents moved in, I probably was all of four or five, and um, they their house had an intercom system in it. It never worked. And it would always upset me. Now I don't know why it was broken, or if it was really broken, and I didn't know how to use it. But ever since then, I was pretty fascinated with the idea of intercoms. And so when I saw these things in the the catalogs of the day, I mean, totally useless, right? I mean,
0: it, I don't know about you, but we weren't. I've always wanted one. In fact, I've always wanted just at least the cheap one, like to have that twelve ninety-five a pair. Yeah. Just a wire yeah. between the two, and one of them has a 9-volt battery and a volume control. Yeah, I. Yeah, it was great. It, they were just neat. Uh, the, idea that, uh, the idea that you could speak to somebody in the other room. No. <laughs> it, it really, it was like that. We take that for granted these days, being able to text somebody <laughs> from the toilet to the dining room. Um, oh. There are some places you shouldn't be
1: talking Exactly. <laughs> right? That's okay. Well, that's With what, texting, at least. That's what text no, is for, yeah. There's no audio or... Uh, there's no audio or video component with texting, <laughs> at least. So unless you're FaceTiming, and
0: let's let's no, not I, we're way. not going to get into that. that we'll just keep yeah. this more of a page but. Yeah,
1: what know. I'm also talking about is just the utility of having an intercom, so you can talk to, I don't know, your brother, or your mother, and they're literally a room away, and you're on a single level house,
0: or even better, <laughs> you know, bi-level house too. Yeah,
1: bi-levels what- would work, but like you know, if he had floors, like if have lived in a place that, I mean, I knew a lot of people. I knew some people in Boston when I was living there that, you know, they had two or three fours, and these were very useful for those situations. But, you know, on the stuff that I was living in when I was, you know, in 1976, you know, it's like my mom's down the hall. She can hear me if I speak
0: at a normal level. <laughs> well, that's where the four-station so. one comes in handy is you have one, like, in the kitchen, the, the, the kitchens or kitchen-slash-dining room, and then you have one in each bedroom. Hmm. That makes it I perfect. think I would
1: probably have just gotten a more mischief with it than... and then use it for any real utility but you are right yes you have the whole knob and they have these uh channels and
0: you can speak to someone you can even signal the master station even when the system is off so yeah you can be mischievous with that just keep pressing the button
1: now, what I found on the next page, the low-cost telephone amplifier, that was a speakerphone. Now, this is a little bit later with Charlie's Angels. But oh, that's right. It was a big deal. But you notice what's very interesting here are all the plugs for the phones. The, very The four-pin. You yeah, you don't see these anymore. And I, I guess... Before they went to the modular jacks. And notice at the very bottom, the big... Warning: Customer-owned equipment directly connected to telephone company equipment is subject to extra charges. Yes, boys and girls, you That's right. could
0: your local phone at company one point controlled you it. You couldn't
1: buy your own phone. You couldn't buy a thing like a speaker uh, that you could uh, hook up to your phone, so you could you could speak hands free. You had to go to the telephone. company. You got black or beige, like and you liked it. So this is just. Um, like right after when they started loosening the regulations, but as you as they say at the bottom, you could still be charged for it. Basically, if the repair guy showed up to repair something, he might report back that part of the problem was that you were screwing around with the wires in the wall to hook up your sexy Radio Shack duo phone amplifier, and and thereby you get a, a bill increase. I don't know, but
0: you're right. That's probably so. how it was, and. uh Oh, they they, Radio Shack even sold phones.
1: I didn't realize that. Yeah, different phones.
0: (laughs) These aren't the cell phones.
1: I don't think these were made by HTC or uh, no. They don't have Flappy Bird on them either. No, too bad. Budget desk phone for twelve ninety five, which seems kind of kind of cheap. But notice it's rotary for those. If you still live in an area with step lines, in fact, I I I have a rotary phone in my uh, my workshop here.
0: No, I'm just thinking. I, I don't see touch tones at all. Um, Is this before Touchtones? Well, Touchtone, I think, was an extra charge, and you had to get that phone from the phone company. Because okay. tone yeah. came out in, like, the 60s, but they were it was a big metropolitan areas would have that. Right. Uh, then it, well, in 76, we still had a rotary phone that looked like the, the, actually, it looked more like the deluxe modern phone, but it was in black. Um. But oh, it had I remember a, the rotaries. A yeah. longer cord. Yeah, like I so said, I have a rotary now. It's it's in active use in my workshop. It actually works through my Vonage. Uh, the, <laughs> my Vonage box will pick up pulses. Neat. The newer ones don't, so I'm keeping this one. Actually, I think I paid wow. for it eventually after all the years I had Vonage. But it does work. And so you mean like the early Vonage equipment would actually do pulse? It would do pulse, and it had um Wow. It hmm. had a... Now, for ringing phones, it had there's there's a ring equivalency number. It's called REN, and it's you basically add up all the ring the REN numbers on your phones, and you get it you get a value. And if that value exceeds the REN capability of Vonage, then yeah. it's not going to ring all the phones. Vonage boxes only support a REN of five. Uh, most electric or electronic phones ha- might have much less than a half or one REN number this uh wall phone i rotary wall phone I have has a rent of three, so it mm-hmm. takes up three units of five just to ring the phone yeah mm. well, hold
1: on to it. It's definitely a relic now
0: oh but it, it um, works
1: it's uh I was about ready to
0: ring it right now, just just to hear it, but <laughs> it has the bells in it then oh, it has the bell this is an old i t was it I, ITT, phone? Itt. yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, and now that now that company's what a college now that that sends you to school for for electronics like, field yeah. of of information technology,
0: oh, it's information technology now, yeah, you too can
1: be stressed out by people complaining that their mouse moves too slow,
0: yeah,' <laughs> been there done that yeah i <laughs> I hope I'm dialing the right number here for this Uh-oh. uh- oh uh hello, somebody oh yeah, somebody'll pick up See, I keep getting calls. Is it gonna ring through? No. yes. Oh, now it's starting to ring.
1: There it is. Hey, look at that. That's cool, man. It, now to get that experience, most of us have to turn on that same ringtone on the iPhone. That's
0: right. <laughs> and then just pump it through some filters so it sounds all cool and you know futuristic or uh, techno. But yeah, big old phone. I, I couldn't hook up a second one to this line. I'd probably drown it, uh, I'd probably load it down, but I'll use the same line when I dial out with an actual modem on my vintage computers, and I, and for the heck of it, I'll use pause because I can. <laughs> so, it would be um,
1: uh, ATDP, I guess. That's huh? right. <laughs> you remember. <laughs> right. I I remember it, I never had to use it, but I remember it. I do remember ATDP.
0: Oh, I used to have to use it. No. And then eventually Touchtone became standard because I think the phone company didn't want to deal with those switching systems anymore. No. My
1: wife used to work for the phone company, and she would tell me about, you know, she worked for many years, for like 15 years. And so there were so many of those big buildings with all the switching equipment that when they stopped
0: using them, they just were silent. But they were so noisy. Um, That's right. Somebody picks up a phone, there's a click. And then when mm -hmm. they dial the first number, that transfers to, I forget what the stack, they were like stacks or something like that. They would click up or click around, uh, and then it would click to the next one. And then after the second or third number, it was actually switching you to a new bank to continue. Yeah, there's lots of things. Yeah, I I read a book
1: recently about, you know... uh, Oh gosh. I I I ought to look it up, but there's a book about basically the freakers. Yeah. From back then and there's a lot of the joy bubbles and all those folks and very interesting
0: reading. So, um I'm kind of getting up there on time for me. Okay. You know, we could make um, this a uh, multi part sometime. Sure. Um I'm I'm having fun. I hope hope you are too. yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely am. Yes. Um why don't we work our way – I don't know what kind of time you have. i I, I page this real quick.
1: I wanted to, I wanted to start wrapping up about 8.30 or 9.30 your time because um, I
0: got I okay. get some stuff done. All right. But, um, uh, we can get through a section right here. We were talking sure. just a little bit earlier because it kind of wraps up here um, where I was talking about you can build your own cable. Yeah. Starting on page 64, it has, yeah, has the stuff you need. All, 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 all sorts of wires and transformers, too. And then the next page are the uh, plugs and jacks and adapters. And it, you can't find this quantity of stuff at Radio Shack anymore.
1: Oh, definitely not. No, I mean, for here, you'd have to go, if you wanted to do it here in Houston, you'd have to go to a place like the Electronics Parts Outlet. And they may have it. It's a very good chance, and it's kind of the old... Uh, kind of like an old throwback store where you have like a bunch of boxes all over the place and everything's pretty much organized but in a loose capacity. Oh, I would love to go to a place like that. And they're probably there. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're not going to get this at Radio Shack. Well, they had five Um,
0: pinned-ins back then, too. Page 67 at the top. Oh, yeah, look at that. Those were used in some 8-bit... Well, Commodore used those. Commodore had one, right. That's exactly right. And
1: um, So, yeah, if you needed to replace it, there it is. Well, let's see. Oh, well, This is way before the con- <laughs> I guess this is even probably before the
0: Well, pets. the PET was... Yeah, this is also before the TRS-80. It's another reason why I picked this one, because there wasn't a TRS-80. Oh, that's right,
1: because they call it the 1977 Trinity. That's right. The PET, the TRS-80, and
0: the Apple two. Yeah, Apple was starting to use this, and you could probably use a RCA, build your own composite... RCA cable or adapter. Mm-hmm. Now, what I find very fascinating
1: is what's on page 68. Oh, the Archer packs. This is the kind of stuff that you, you definitely... I mean, you can get some of it at Radio Shack. Like, I can pick up... You can pick up... Um, uh, what are they called here? I'm looking up. Well, diodes would be hard to get. <laughs> yeah. You can get <laughs> those, resistors. Those, but, those glass you- diodes. but you can get... Some transistors would be hard to get at RadioShack could get resistors they do have a lot of resistors they're they're not resistant but they don't have the resistors.
0: range anymore they used to i mean they would you're right yes s- I've,
1: I've actually had that i when i was putting together a kit um it's called the member membership card and i made a lot of mistakes on it one of the mistakes i made was i i, I destroyed one of the resistors that i had i just put it in wrong and then when i tried to take it out it just broke it or something but anyway yeah i had to order it online you know because i couldn't find it locally You know, maybe if I went to EPO, I might have, Electronics Parts Outlet, I might have found it, but Radio Shack didn't have it. So, it was unfortunate because I don't think it was anything weird, it was just... You could add them together,
0: together and I think that's what... I don't even think there's any logic... Not on that board. Okay. (laughs) I don't think there's any logic to what they have in stock. Uh, It just seems to be never the one you need. Look at those like
1: transistors. I mean, those are things like you find in in pinball machines of the era that was all the big old uh, solid state. The ten watt
0: ones, the ones like the drivers, Mm -hmm. or or high power amplifiers would use those too. There's
1: some people today who like to go back in time and order those dollar twenty nine transistors. And that's a five pack fixing
0: pinball machines. I know five pack for dollar twenty nine standard PNP. Well, NPN was probably more popular. Um, They had those two five. $4, or is it 5 $4, 29 uh, No, that was one. Was it? Where are you seeing it, that? Uh, on the right-hand side of page 68 in the middle, mm-hmm. silicon transistor type 3055. That was a very common, what they call hobby grade, 40 mm-hmm. watts. I guess it's just the one. Why? Because it was so popular. You know, charge more for it. But the you other know. one, the, the PNP one that was on the left side, that's that's, you get five in there, I guess. It doesn't say a quantity on the other one.
1: Well, let's see. You're looking at the. I mean, what I see is
0: on the third row. I'm sorry, fourth row down on the right. Those square. Oh, the little. Okay, the the uh, the four pack and five pack of the ones with the little tabs on them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, You're
1: looking at the NPN the forty one. I see it. Okay. I was looking and at the, the diamond shaped alpha. ones with the with the uh, hat. Ah, yeah. Yeah, I think that is just one. But yeah, those, those
0: thirty-five watt the, the power tab transistors. Yeah, those are good for driving uh, heavy voltages and you know, heavy current needs. And yeah, and, and pinball machines at the time. Yeah, you could fix. what Was it Bally was making Bally was making uh, the electronic ones. They were mm-hmm. becoming very popular. I know Williams kicked in a little bit later, but you could use those type of transistors, and they would probably work. They're general purpose.
1: They started to add them in, and like around 77, 78, you started to see more solid-state pinball machines. And, yeah, you'd have these transistors. I mean, they would just drive the
0: different coils around uh, the machine. and Until they popped, and then you had to go replace it and do it again. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I said there's also on the lower um, right of that same page. Digital clock chip. Build your own clock once you can figure Mm -hmm. out how to use it. And you could probably get the answer at that time, too. oh, yeah, this is how you use it. Or they had the information, and they didn't leave it to you to try to figure it out. And look at that 50-piece IC dip pack. Assorted 7,400. Oh, standard TTLs. I would have gone for those. Test them yourself. 50-piece. For gates, flip-flops, registers, Uh counters, more.
1: Untested. (laughs) Some unmarked.
0: (laughs) Well, that was your basic uh, TTL digital logic at the time. Yeah, most of those chips had four gates on them. So if one of them didn't work, you got a bargain because chances are you're not going to use all four at the same time. Yeah, well, exactly. chances are. So if they worked, they work for for fifty of them. Fifty at, for a buck twenty nine. I would have went so. for that, but I think they stopped them about the time I got into the hobby. Well, I didn't get into digital electronics until a wee bit later, and back then they had the dollar ninety eight. Packs, but I don't think they ever had fifty. It looks like the ones that they swept off the floor at the manufacturer and put them in a bag and say, "Here, if they work, they work." Give me a dollar twenty-nine. Well, they they said well, it right in there, they're overrun. So and today I would do um, that if they even had them for. Well, actually, I wouldn't because I have drawers and drawers and drawers full of the same series of assorted uh, TTL chips that I pulled from old right. boards. Yep, exactly. Yeah, they're
1: they're pretty common. <laughs> They were used so heavily and so uh they were so useful. So um but yeah, it's interesting. They almost they're very close to what you might call a mystery grab bag with that particular
0: item. Yeah, and those those I've always wanted those. I always wanted
1: to dig your hand into the into the dark space at your radio shack store. Whatever you can pull out. (laughs) What they could
0: have done, they could put a crane machine in there. True. Just grab parts, you know, a quarter at a time, however many of the crane gets. <laughs> Fun stuff. I think we're getting into the hobby electronics stuff right now, and this would probably be a good time to uh, do part two of X amount of parts. Sure. Um, yeah, that's great. Awesome.
1: Yeah, no, this is uh, this great stuff, and uh, uh, it's amazing what you see. I mean, it's a trip down memory lane... And uh, for me, less memories, more lanes. Wait, yeah, that doesn't make any sense.
0: Um, it shows we did. We had more DIY stuff back then. I mean, no, we didn't even yeah. get to the parts yet. But do it no. yourself mm-hmm. home stereo systems. It, they sold parts, whether they were complete sec- sections of a larger system. Build your own speakers. Exactly. So this now is really DIY. Now, they didn't really
1: say build your own and save. I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do, but
0: you can certainly put something together that you really want. So You could price. Yeah, you could even buy the enclosure for speakers. I saw that for a three-way speaker. You can buy the enclosure, and then you pick the type of speakers you want based on your price range. And or why do
1: that when you can find wood in the abandoned lot next door?
0: Exactly. Yeah, you put something <laughs> together from old pallets. Just watch the splinters. Yes. Yes. Uh, acoustically,
1: you know, they were they were marginal, but at best. But hey, what do you need? You know, you can just use a rope to hold up your pants. You can use just a box of unmatched plywood to make a speaker to hold your speakers. Maybe not.
0: <laughs> well, some people, yeah, plywood work. Yeah. Audio files will tell you to seal it a certain way, and oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't much of one Cut it to the right dimensions Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I would. You know, my stereo system in my first car was just a couple box speakers thrown in the back. I had a Volkswagen Beetle, so they have that little area behind the back seat. I just threw a couple in there and hooked it up to the Craco stereo because you know, top dollar for my car, Uh, and just crank it. And you had to have something loud enough to get over that motorcycle engine. That's right, I did. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right, man. So. how yeah, I, I think this is great. We can pick up at part two with uh,
0: right into the project builders. That was part one of our trip down memory lane through the Bicentennial 1976 Radio Shack catalog. Join us again as Mike and I continue the fun and merriment as we peruse the second half of the catalog on the next episode of the Vintage Volts podcast.